Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. Well, welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show. And I must say, I'm absolutely thrilled to be uh, introducing the guests we have on today's show. We have our usual appearance from Darren Ball, who does so much for this show. He really is the sort of the anchor that holds the whole show together. And also, we have two very special guests today, friends of mine uh, from a long time, and also people who would have appeared as guests in their own right, but it just so happens they're married. So they're both appearing on the same show. So we're absolutely thrilled about that. And today, we're going to be focusing on the fourth Freedom. Now, as you know, in this show, we uh, actually tend to focus in on just a few of the pearls contained within the nine freedoms. If you go to the nine freedoms page on www.etherius.org, you can there see a full description of what the nine freedoms is. There is a fantastic book with a superb commentary by Dr. George King. And of course, there are the lectures that Dr. King gave, which are second to none. We can't come close on this show to the wisdom that he demonstrated in those fantastic lectures. And they're available on audio. But what we can do here is, as it were, dive deep uh, or try to into the inner meanings of just one or two of those great pearls. And I'm reminded of a quote from the holy saint, the Hindu saint. If you haven't come across him, then do look him up. Uh, by the way, not everything on the internet is, is accurate, as you won't be surprised to hear, and uh, stick to the positive stuff. Uh, and you'll see the truth about Sri Ramakrishna. And he said this, if diving once does not bring you pearls, you need not therefore conclude that the sea is without them. Dive again and again. You are sure to be rewarded in the end. And that's just so true of the nine freedoms, I must say, because uh, that really is a text where I found, and I've read it over a hundred times, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, some of our guests on the show today haven't read it at, at that type of amount uh, as well. And you do find every time you think, oh, my goodness, I missed that particular pearl or I missed the meaning behind that particular statement or aphorisms. Uh, actually, one of the guests, Brian Kniep, is a co-author with me, I'm very pleased to say, of the book The King Who Came to Earth, the biography of Dr. George King, uh, which was published in 2019. And it was a real honor to write that book and to co-author it with Brian. And one of the things we said in there was about the nine freedoms. And this is a quote from that book. Advanced knowledge never revealed to humanity before is expressed in brief, incisive sentences with as much simplicity as could possibly be wrested from the inner complexities of their meaning. In other words, these are profound, deep statements, but they're put as simply as they possibly can be. And then it's our job to try and contemplate upon them, study them, and it's to be the most rewarding uh, experience of all, diving deep into that sea and bringing up pearls. So let's listen, please. First extract from the fourth freedom we're going to be looking at on today's show. Enlightenment cannot dawn while the clouds of 
indiscrimination cover the skies of your mentality. A discriminate. You have been told how to do this. Do it. And go into enlightenment. While you slip like one of your animals from place to place, chewing here and there, you will not gain enlightenment. So that is our first extract today from the fourth freedom delivered by Mars Sector 6, a very, very great Lord. Uh, and as so often with these teachings, they are a, a lot deeper than they might appear at first, and B, they are statements of law as well as statements of truth. They're things that we need to do. It's one of the lessons uh, that we, we must face. Uh, and I would say, actually, a very commonly discovered one, namely the need to discriminate. Um, it may not appear as important as it is, but if we don't discriminate, we can go up all sorts of wrong alleys. And this doesn't just actually apply to the spiritual path. It applies to many areas. You can see it all over the Internet. You can see all sorts of views at the moment on medicine, some of them given by people with no medical background, some of them by people with medical background who completely disagree with each other. And you can get it in politics. You can get it in all sorts of things. But those aren't our fields here on the Spiritual Freedom Show. We are focused on spirituality. And you definitely get it in the spiritual movement, the mind-body-spirit movement, the New Age movement. Uh, you get it actually throughout the history of religion on this earth. And it's amazing to me just how much indiscrimination there is. Um, and people will claim all sorts of things. People with no particular training will suddenly declare themselves to be a channel for a master or another, uh, the Virgin Mary, maybe, the, the angel Gabriel, um, the, the, the master Kutumi, whatever. Different intelligences. And just because they say it, it doesn't mean it's true. And I don't know if you've come across this. It's quite common in the New Age movement. People talk about my truth and your truth as though it's all fine. Uh, I believe this, you believe that, it's all equal. Well, I'm sorry to have to say that it can't all be true. If it contradicts each other, then one is true, one isn't true. Everyone has the right to their own beliefs, but the truth is more than rights, it is. It's what stands. And to help us, uh, Mars Sector 6 here is telling us that while the clouds of indiscrimination cover the skies of our mentality, we can't find enlightenment. We won't find enlightenment. And we won't find it by slipping, as he says, from place to place, chewing here and there. I think that's a, a really, really good phrase that he's put there. Now, I've met mediums, some of them very successful and highly acclaimed and nice people, good people, but they obviously it was quite clear they weren't channeling the intelligences they claimed to channel. You wouldn't need to be psychic to see this. It was obvious from the communications they were getting. And to me, it was quite obvious uh, from the lack of knowledge they had about 
channeling. Um, not that you have to be a sort of an expert from book reading or anything, but you would have to know exactly what you are doing when it came to being a channel for a highly advanced, elevated being, a master. Now, we're very lucky, as we've talked about before on the show, uh, in the Ethereum Society, uh, to have the explanation uh, from Dr. King. He did give his credentials. He did explain the training he underwent, and he outlined some of it, actually, is in the biography The King Who Came to Earth, exactly what he underwent and why it is uh, we should believe uh, what he says. Of course, he would be the first to say, don't take his word for it. Don't take the spiritual freedoms word for the nine freedoms. Look at them yourself. Examine them yourself. And please come to your own conclusions, as we all do. And, and by the way, on that note, may I say that uh, we're getting some wonderful comments, some wonderful messages, and some of your experiences. And, and I know later on, Darren will be sharing some of that with us, as well as questions. So he went into very precise details about what it took to channel a teaching like the Nine Freedoms. You wouldn't have to have the knowledge that he had to be a medium, but you would have to know exactly what is entailed if you're going to get a very, very advanced communicator speaking through you as opposed to to you. And some people don't. And you know, you can check this out. How do you discriminate? I mean, it's all right saying discriminate. How on earth are you supposed to do it? Well, I would say this. Use two things. Don't have a leap of faith. We don't have to have that at all. Uh, we don't have to gamble on truth and then hope we're right. If you don't know whether something is true or not, that's perfectly reasonable. Some people jump to the conclusion immediately that it's not true. They don't know it's not true. And others will be tending to go the other way. If you don't know, just admit that to yourself until you do. When you do know, when you see the evidence in your life or by the examination of the content or by any other method, the experiences you have when following it, then it will be proven to you and then you can act upon it. And you've got two main weapons in the battle for truth, if you like to call it a battle. It's a battle against indiscrimination and it's a battle against some of the lies and delusions you'll meet along the way. And that some of the delusions you'll meet along the way are sincerely held by the people who say them. Some aren't, of course. Now, the two weapons we all have, I'd like to itemize. One, intuition. We've spoken about that before. And it's something we need to train and develop. And we'll start to get an inner sense. I call it getting into a groove. You'll start to recognize what's coming from your intuition and what's coming from your imagination. It's a completely different sensation. It's a completely different type of knowledge that you're receiving. Just in the same way you know the difference between remembering something and imagining something, unless you've got false memory syndrome, so you'll know the difference when you train it through spiritual practice, particularly I, I recommend the practice in realize your inner potential. Uh, and there are plenty of others as well. You'll start to recognize that and you'll know whether it's real intuition and not false intuition syndrome, if there is such a thing. So that's one weapon. You can develop that and that will always guide you right. If you get, if you're right, if it really is your intuition, it will always guide you right. And the other weapon 
which is sometimes disregarded, actually, is sometimes thrown away in the, in the New Age movement, uh, and that is logic. Uh, it's, you don't have to be you know, highly intellectual, but at the same time, the intellect is important. It should not be disregarded. Uh, and sometimes it's not really uh, highfalutin or complex. It's basic common sense. It's amazing how sometimes people will cast aside side obvious warning signals in their pursuit of spiritual truth. And others will try to divert them from this pursuit with illogical arguments. So do please keep your logical ability. Some think, okay, now I'm on the intuitive path. I don't need logic anymore. Wrong. You need both. And both, if they're correctly applied, will take you to the same point. Uh, the logical path being the Nani yoga path, you might say, if it's real logic, particularly if it's a logic arising from meditation or from contemplation. So use them, use your common sense, examine what you're told, find out if it works. These are ways to develop your powers of discrimination. And don't forget here on the Spiritual Freedom Show, we are not saying this is the one and only way. We're not saying there's only one way. But what we would say is you can only follow one path at a time. You cannot follow two different paths to the same. You can't drive to, say, let's say, from Los Angeles to Pittsburgh, because our guests are in Los Angeles and Tim is in near Pittsburgh. You couldn't do that. There must be many ways, I imagine, to drive there if you chose to drive that route. Uh, but you can't do them both at the same time or you'll never get there. You'll be going round and around on different routes. It's, I'm sorry, it's a bit of a silly example, but it's the same with spiritual truth. You can look at, you can examine, you can glean the wisdom from many sources, but your path has to be a single-minded one. Even if you found two sets of teachings which were both true, but gave you different routes to the same goal, you can't follow them at the same time. Uh, as a matter of fact, Ramakrishna, who I mentioned earlier, the 19th century Hindu saint, he gave a wonderful example of, uh, of truth uh, and of God, I should say, by taking, uh, giving a parable. And the parable was this. Four blind boys, if they were taken into a shed, and, or they were blindfolded, I think. I think they were blindfolded. And if they were taken into a shed where there was an elephant, none of them had ever seen an elephant. Each one was allowed to touch the elephant once. So one touched a trunk, one touched a leg, one touched a side, one touched a tail, whatever it might be. And then they had to describe that elephant. You get four completely different descriptions, but they'd all be the elephant. And that's how he likened different paths to the same truth, the same God, if you like, by different names. And there are many paths. Uh, one has to choose a path. I would definitely say choose the path which offers you the best way of serving globally. It's quite simple. It may not be, by the way, the one that you like the most. And in fact, Dr. King himself was in that position in his early days, in his yoga practice days, which was sort of in the 1940s and early 1950s when he was practicing yoga for eight hours a day for 10 years. He loved Raja yoga. He loved Nani yoga. But he discovered that karma yoga, the yoga of service, was the one 
that really mattered the most and the one he should follow and we all should follow and therefore he did it but it wasn't his original personal choice um and as he said in a piece of writing he said this a lot of people call me a master of yoga they ask me what kind of yogas i have studied and i tell them there's one yoga which i should talk more about and that is karma yoga of all the yogas i've studied karma yoga is the greatest yoga of all it is karma yoga which will save the world the other yogas are necessary to obtain the powers and to get the inspiration but then you must use your powers and inspiration for the benefit of all. They must be brought into living manifestation in order to be of any good to the world. And that's exactly what he did. He used his abilities and his that he gleaned through Raja Yoga, Nani Yoga, Bhakti Yoga and others and applied them in service. And in this day and age, we don't need to wait. We can go straight into the service path as we're encouraged to do in the nine freedoms. So let's use our discrimination and please apply your discrimination to everything we say here too. You examine it and form your own conclusions. And please remember, use your intuition, but don't forget to use your logic, your common sense, if you like, as well. Well, Darren, I think that's our, our first extract and welcome again to the show, Darren Ball. Thanks very much, Richard. It's great to be here. And I think we've had one or two comments, haven't we, in the last uh, week? Yeah, we've had more than that. Actually, great comments and questions coming in, which is making my job easy. So thank you, everybody, for that. Um, but yeah, but certainly do write into spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. If you'd like questions answered on the show, you've got a comment or a story you'd like to share, just anything to to keep the conversation going, um, I'll, be, I'll be thrilled to hear from you. Um, I'd also like to invite you all to check out Richard's website. That's richardlawrence.co.uk for other podcasts and interviews he's been doing. But Richard, I thought I'd jump in with a couple of just short comments here that I got recently, which I thought were yeah. really in tune with the show today. This person um, wrote and they said, well, that, uh, they say there's a trend at the moment where people sort of pick out what they like and disregard the rest. And they go on and say, well, I don't believe in that. Truth is. And I thought, oh, whoa, that was refreshing. <laughs> that is exactly up our street. And, it's actually, and more importantly, it's exactly up Dr. King's street. I mean, he used to say that over and over again. Truth is whether we like it or don't like it doesn't alter it one jot and yeah that's a great comment which i think we fully agree with here on the spiritual freedom show yeah totally got another one here shortcoming coming from somebody who um i think managed to apply their discrimination they write i've lived a life of constant craving dissatisfaction seeking finding and wanting more but now i know it most certainly is wisdom and love service to others you are exactly what i'm searching for at this time or at this moment in time i should say thank you I thought, well, Richard, if everyone wow. made that change, I think we'd be living in a different world today. Absolutely. And how honest, you know, that. And by the way, I always say I never hear these questions or comments until Darren says them live on this show. And I think it's better. So it's a spontaneous response from me. And I, I must say, that's a that's a, a quite a wise comment there from that person. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, obviously they, they know themselves, you know, and, and it's one we've come across before where people, you know, they're looking for this, they're looking for that, but then they get there, but it doesn't hit the spot. It doesn't sort of do it for them. And they, they look elsewhere and they keep looking and that's not right. And then eventually, um, uh, I would say a more evolving person, should we say, we could almost say a more advanced person will be looking for a spiritual path. And that's when for the first time I think, ah, right, I'm at home now. I'm at peace now. 
uh, mm. I found what I, you know, why I'm meant to be here. So thank you very much for that comment. Yeah, I, I definitely say I get a version of that very often, you know, people talking about yeah. um, that searching and the emptiness and finally finding the thing that really resonates with them. Um, yeah, and what used to sort of, one, you know, worry the trouble the master, as we called him, Dr. George King, uh, was that, you know, some people would waste a lot of time mm-hmm. by going up blind alleys, by by taking the wrong path and and you know they could could have found the right one right from the beginning and save themselves the agony sometimes of this sort of wrongful pursuit uh and so great to make that right choice from the get-go yeah i agree this next comment i think is another one that will resonate with a lot of listeners um and their own experiences about the search too um Mm. which i think can be you know lonely in today's day and age especially if you don't find yourself as part of a spiritual community yet um but i think it don't demonstrate a certain um determination i guess which i think does lead us to truth if we if we follow follow that um intuition that we have and this person says i'm 52 years old and i've been interested in and tried to research a variety of subjects to explain why all of a sudden, reminds me of your story, Richard, I feel so strongly about what's next, what's happened before, an extraterrestrial influence on the human race. I talk about things with friends and they, they look at me strangely, but I cannot shake this. Coming across your podcast has been amazing and I'm very interested in the nine freedoms. There's so much to learn. I'm glad I happened upon this website. Thank you for what you do. Thank you. And I want to say it's a real honor for us. I mean, it's an absolute privilege for us. And I want to thank Tim Roxbury, who, who, without whom I don't think we'd be having this show on WCETFM and, and everyone at WCETFM, because it's an honor to, to, to be putting out such wonderful teachings as those in the Nine Freedoms uh, on this Spiritual Freedom Show. And thank you for that beautiful comment. We mm. really appreciate it. And I must say, uh, we have to move on because we, we have quite a pace to, to go out on, on this show, because uh, we have a guest waiting, I think, now, and that's Ashima Kanip, and she's a very active, full-time staff member of the Ethereum Society uh, in Los Angeles. I could say a lot more about her, but she she grew up in Hong Kong, and then she later moved uh, to Canada. I believe she found uh, our Toronto group. We've had the organizer on before on the show, Laura Shapiro, uh, and found the Ethereum Society, discovered these teachings, and been a member now for almost 20 years, and she's now working full-time. And she's going to share with us her spiritual journey for our moment of truth segment and eventually what led her to choose the path of king yoga so ashima welcome to the show well thank you so much richard for inviting me to be on the show it is a great honor indeed well thanks go ahead (laughs) sorry to interrupt you would you please tell us about your spiritual journey yes yes uh i'd love to and indeed um the search is a process. And um, well, I would say that through the years, I've been prompted to go within. And the first time that I remember questioning the meaning of life was when I was six. It was due to mm. my parents' divorce. Yeah. And divorce back then was not commonplace like nowadays, particularly not in Hong Kong. And so it was a rather challenging and pleasant experience for me. But at the same time, during that period, I remember that when I would close my eyes to go to bed, I would see lights moving around, a bit like what one would experience when doing the last breathing exercise as taught in the Fear Society. 
Um, but for me, you know, it was just easier to try to be like other kids and bury these feelings and questions about life and my experiences. And later in high school, I had some deja vus and I told my aunt and uncle in Canada about that, which probably prompted them to give me a copy of Autobiography of a Yogi, which I just unfortunately left on the bookshelf for a few years, but I guess it wasn't the right time yet. But eventually, after having taken a couple of classes in university on the world's religions and philosophy, I finally decided to read the book. And I was absolutely fascinated by everything that I read and wishing for some of these experiences and having a master to guide me. And my family uh, emigrated to Canada soon after the changeover of Hong Kong. And I found myself in a new country, going through a lot of changes, including having to learn how to live on my own for the first time. And believe it or not, even in university, I lived at home and commuted for an hour and a half hours um, one way daily. Uh, it was also around this time in Toronto that the first chapter of my spiritual journey unfolded. I was introduced to a small spiritual group of Hindu tradition by my uncle and aunt, who were keen followers of a guru by the name of Sri Toshi Sen. And it was the same uncle and aunt who gave me Yogananda's book. And there I was given my spiritual name, Ashima, by the guru. And it was there that I had my metaphysics and spirituality 101 in real life. And this is significant because looking back, everything that I learned in this group from um, pain, being a great teacher, wisdom from the Bhagavad Gita to oneness in all things and self-development practices like visualization and mantra, as well as the fact that the Master Jesus was not born on December 25th. Everything that I learned there helped lay the foundation stone for me to embrace the teachings of the Ethereum Society more readily down the road. And growing up in Hong Kong with my mom being a devout Buddhist, I was familiar with concepts like the law of karma and reincarnation. And the Ethereum Society, the path of King Yoga simply took what I had been exposed to at this group to a higher level. And initially, I felt the two groups complemented each other well because the former focused on self-development and did not meet that regularly. The satsangs revolved around the availability of the guru who had to work to support himself. But whenever we gathered, once a month at the most, it was always a wonderful experience. We listened to the guru speak, do some practices together and then have some delicious vegetarian food. And these meetings would often go until late in the evening till one or 2 a.m. Um, and as for my introduction to the Ethereum Society, this most potent path of service, it was through a 12 blessing service at the Toronto group, like Richard mentioned earlier. And even though I did not know the words of the prayers, I felt a deep sense of peace after the service. So I kept going because of that. And also because I was told that it is by joining together in this simple practice, one can send light and healing to help the world. And I thought if it was so simple, why not? Plus helping the world is something that I had always wanted to be able to do, but did not know how. And ultimately, it was the Ethereum Society's emphasis on the importance of spiritual action for the world 
and the unique opportunities to do so through its various cosmic missions, which led me to decide to become a member. And as I got increasingly interested in the Aether Society, I still thought I could be a part of both groups. But my aunt told me that eventually I, I would have to choose one path. I did not really understand why then, but I now realize it is true because if we split up our time and focus on different paths, we're just slowing our progress. And again, as Richard mentioned earlier, and so it seemed to me though that the choice was made for me. Like the saying goes, when the student is ready, the master appears. And after having been with the Aether Society for a year, I joined to become a member in 2002. And it was also around that same time that the other group fizzled out. And the last thing I wanna say is, I mentioned early on that autobiography of a yogi blew my mind. And the next book that blew me away was The Nine Freedoms, which is of course one of the core teachings of the Aether Society as well as the focus of this series of amazing shows that Rashid is putting on now. And I'm just extremely grateful to be a part of this amazing spiritual brotherhood. So oh, Thank you so much, Ashim. And we love having you on the show. And what a great story. What a great journey actually illustrates far better than any, any examples I gave really of having to eventually, you know, make that choice, having seen the merits of, different paths and you could also eventually see that the Aetherius Society in your view could do more for the world and that's what you wanted to do was to serve and you made your choice and you couldn't follow two paths it's, it's a perfect I mean I didn't even know that story uh, when we set up this show with you so it fits in perfectly and thanks so much Ashima Kanip for sharing all of that with us on the Spiritual Freedom Show thank you thank you again Richard so we'll have to move on then now because we, we do have quite a bit to get through and we have another extract, another very short, but an absolute classic aphorism coming up, taken. And this is where we're lucky on the Spiritual Freedom Show. We, we have the opportunity to just pick out these pearls just one at a time and look at them. And this is, a, this is one which could really steer us through life. So uh, I'm going to ask kindly now play the second extract from Mars Sector 6, from the fourth freedom. I have instructed you before to choose well, then stand fast in order to know God. This you must be prepared to do. And that is the whole clip there. I've instructed you before to choose well, then stand fast in order to know God. This you must be prepared to do. And that aphorism, choose well, stand fast, know God, was in fact the motto which Dr. King adopted, and he had his own personal coat of arms, actually drawn up by a herald at Her, Her Majesty's College of Arms in London, and that was the motto on his coat of arms. Choose well, stand fast, know God. And we've heard a, a great example from Ashima uh, of that choice. We've had some good examples also from the comments that Darren read out early, uh, uh, earlier. I myself had to make a choice, and I won't go into the whole thing, but I was all set to follow 
the wonderful aphorisms of Patanjali, which I just encountered in a book called Raja Yoga by Swami Vivekananda, when the next day I met somebody called John Holder, Dr. John Holder, uh, a fellow international director of the Ethereum Society now, and he introduced me to these teachings. And, uh, you know, I could see. In fact, it's strange. I was 18 years old, and it sounds odd, but I was slightly disappointed because I, I was already there to, to follow. I, I believe, rightly or wrongly, at 18, that if I followed those uh, aphorisms of Patanjali, I could do it. I could get to enlightenment. I was all set to do it. And the next day I found something greater. I knew it was greater. I could see that it was greater, namely service. And so I had to make that choice. And we all have these choices. That was almost, my goodness, amazing to say, almost 50 years ago. Um, and, you know, I now know I wouldn't make I wouldn't be a difficult choice for me now, by the way, at all. Uh, I can see it very easily now. And it's just such a great path and a wonderful path. I wouldn't swap it for anything having done it. But these are choices that are sometimes difficult for us all to make at the time. And there could be other reasons. It could be pressure from your family to go down a particular religion into which you're born. It could be something entirely different. Or even, I've come across this too, uh, atheistic parents who frown on their children following any kind of spiritual path at all. These are all forms of resistance to that choice being made. And sometimes we have to break away or break away, as one comment said, from certain comments from their friends, uh, certain ridicule maybe that some people might. Uh, I remember St. Guling, actually, the ascended master I've spoken about uh, before, who introduced each one of the nine freedoms. And he said that when we stand firm in the face of ridicule, this isn't an exact quote, but we will manipulate karma in a positive way. So it's, it's, it's one of the many tests that we have to face along the way. But that choice at the very beginning is so important. Uh, but, but it's not the end, though, because after choosing well, the first part of that aphorism, then we have to stand fast. And that isn't easy. Uh, sometimes it's fine, but I'm not going to pretend. In fact, it wouldn't really be a path, would it? if it was all easy, but what would it be worth? Um, so that's something to remember when you get the tests. And don't forget, we've, we've, we've played before the extract from the first freedom where Mars Sector, Sector 6 describes bravery as victory through experience. Another another pearl right there. Another thing that can guide us through life. Every time we make the right choice, every time we handle the experiences of life, whether they be tests or whether they be very enjoyable, pleasant experiences, all these things will come. But however they come, when we handle them correctly, we have exhibited in some way an element of bravery. And that's one of the great things. But that's where we have to stand fast. They could be tests connected to money, uh, and that could be shortage of money. Or it could be you've got plenty of money, but you can get attached to it. We, we do know people like that. Uh, there are tests of health. Uh, and sometimes people feel that their health is a reason uh, to not do various things of a spiritual nature. Now, it may don't get me wrong, then we've got to take care of our health. But we mustn't also allow it to needlessly stop us in our spiritual path, if it's doing that. Uh, relationships, they can be a test at certain times. Ego, that can, uh, can be a test, and so can too much 
humility, if, if you can imagine such a thing. By that, I mean too much lack of confidence. Let's, let's not say humility. Let's say too much underestimating what you can do. Uh, that can be a test as well. Laziness. I mean, the list is, is pretty endless and they'll be different for each one of us. And if it's a great path, you can guarantee that the tests at times will be more difficult because that's the karmic price we have to pay to follow it. But, and here's the good news, so will the help. So will the help from above. So will the strength from within be greater. So will the healing you receive, because don't forget what goes around comes around. You're giving healing. You will be helped. You don't do it for that reason. You don't heal so that you're helped, but you will be helped. And so will the guidance you receive from the teachings and those who are also living them, others on the same path as yourself. This can give you great strength. And so can the examples of those who followed these teachings, uh, especially above all, if you're following the nine freedoms, I would say the example of Dr. George King. And, you know, I, I, will, I will share something he said to me, which I must admit, even today, I find it hard to believe this thing. And I'm not saying I'm the only person he said it to be far from it. But he just pointed to me one day and said, there's nothing that he can do that I couldn't do. And, you know, so I, I, I think I looked at him with disbelief because he, he turned back to me and said, and I really mean that and pointed at me. Uh, and he was trying to help because what is the point? And the same, you could apply the same to Jesus, to Buddha, to Krishna. They all came to demonstrate patterns, examples. They did more than that far more than that. But if we think, oh, well, I can't do that. That's unattainable. I can never do that. Not even in a future life could I do that. We're undermining the teaching they gave us, that they sacrificed to give us. And that's really what we should strive to do. So all these things can help us to stand fast. It's a motto we can all be live by. Now, if we haven't made the right choice in the beginning, then of course, we may not be able to, it may not even be right to stand fast. That's why the original choice is so important. But having made it, it's not easy. And people will find all kinds of reasons to stray away from it. I think we're all guilty of that at times in different ways and to different degrees. But the test is to just simply stand fast. That's the great demonstration. Not any particular one ability or skill or, or accomplishment but simply continuing, standing fast on that path. And even if we uh, fall off it, we can pick ourselves up again. And I've seen people do this and return uh, to it. Uh, you know, we could fall at a hurdle and return to the running track and jump the hurdle again. As Dr. King once said, even if you go to hell, you can always come back and mount the stairs to heaven again. Uh, so there's always that way, but it's by far the best to having chosen well to stand fast. And then is the great promise, know God. And of course, at its highest level, that is actually the fifth freedom, which we're going to be coming on to in a future show, which is cosmic consciousness, which is as near as we're ever going to get on this earth to really knowing God. So wonderful wisdom. Let's try not to forget it. Let's try to remember those words. The motto of Dr. George King, choose well, stand fast, no God. But anyway, I'm very pleased now to say that we have our second guest, our presenter today, uh, a great friend of mine, 
and we're in touch all the time, uh, Brian Kniep and I, about many things, both personal and in our work for the Ethereum Society and on this wonderful spiritual path of King Yoga that we follow. And that uh, is going to be a chance for us to listen to Brian. And let me just tell you a little bit about Brian, as well as the fact that uh, he wrote the biography. He's Executive Secretary of the Ethereum Society in America, and he's done many, many other things. The list is rather too long for me to go through. But today, he's going to lead us in a Nani yoga practice taught by Dr. King in 1966. So welcome, Brian. Thank you, Richard. It's a real pleasure to be on this radio show, which you're spreading so much uh, truth, truth and hope, which is so important in these days. Thank you, Brian. You know, um, I'm going to start with a reading over an extract um, from Dr. King in an address he gave in May 1966, uh, where he talks about the importance of the path. And he talks about it in a way that is unique to him. So let me read that, if I may. Dr. King, it is a certain fact that life is quite difficult. That is, if we want to live it properly. It is a certain fact that we have to be prepared to make decisions which will cause other people to take a very dim view of us. This is a certain fact. And we have to be brave enough to do it. A lot of people, I think, stay in a rut, as we might say, because they lack the bravery to make such decisions. We have to learn to put things in their right order of importance. And the spiritual, and the spiritual things in life must come first. And everything else, all the other responsibilities, all the other demands on our time and our effort and energies must come second to that, no matter what those demands are and who they come from. Our spiritual lives must come first. This is the big decision in a man's life. It is the most important decision, and it is the biggest. It is the turning point of a man's life. He either is a man on the path after this decision or semi-human. I, I love, I love that, um, the ending there. Without yes. being on the spiritual path, you're virtually semi-human. And it's, 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 it's in his... Um, personality to say these things just matter of fact the truth that's what it is and, and you can actually listen to that um, as Dr. King says it on the uh, companion website to the biography uh, drgeorgeking.org now are we ready for the practice absolutely the practice uh, was given in a rare class on spiritual development that he gave just a few months after that address and he, he talks about Nani Yoga, and he tries to teach us how to change our pattern. And that's, that's what you spoke of just earlier, is, is the, the importance of the pattern of life that, that they, the great ones, have taught us. And we have to try and change that. And this is a way to do it. So for those who want to try this right now, close the eyes. Slow the breathing. And just for a moment, think about the great needs upon this world, the suffering, their ignorance all around us, and how important we are on the spiritual path to change this. And now the pattern. 
Think about acts of heroism throughout history. In wartime, people going into battle, going uh, into a wave of, of, of guns and fire to help others. And more close to home, think about uh, on 9-11, when the World Trade Center was, was destroyed and, and these firemen and police were going into the building as everyone else was coming out. They were going in there to try and save people. Tremendous courage, tremendous heroism. And now think about acts of self-sacrifice. Like Albert Schweitzer giving up his career as a musician and going to Africa and becoming a doctor and, and helping people. Mother Teresa putting herself in a very difficult situation to help as many people as she possibly can in the poorest areas of India. Tremendous self-sacrifice. And again, more to home, think of the many, many health workers who are putting themselves on the line and holding themselves, their lives up to try and help people get through this COVID situation. Tremendous self-sacrifice. Now think about the pattern of your life. Pick out choice periods of your life when you were also heroic. You're also courageous. You also exhibited elements of self-sacrifice. Now compare these, these times in your life with those times that we just thought about. And then conclude, how can you change your life to be more filled with courage, to be better able to be heroic, to have a greater ability for self-sacrifice and service. And then decide firmly within yourself to adopt a life of courage heroism and self-sacrifice based upon your own spiritual path, directed action for the world as a whole. That has to be the main thing, directed action to help the world as a whole. And as you go through this, and hopefully you'll, you'll be inspired to do this again, uh, a little bit more time in your own space, in front of your own altar. And you'll slowly start to find the reasons why uh, you're being held back to be as courageous as you'd like to be, to be as self-sacrificing as you'd like to be. And slowly this pattern will form. And Dr. King knew that this is such a key to for all of us to move forward in our spiritual path. That's it. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Brian. That's such a great guided contemplation and led so well by you. Thank you very, very much. And I think really helpful, you know, to people 
who are making a choice because you know I, I'm sure you've met them and I've met a number of people who kind of know what they think they should do mm. but don't necessarily feel they can do it mm-hmm. and, and yeah. don't you don't you think that exercise would help them to sort of give them the courage to uh, and, and the mental visualization to go ahead and do it and, and it'll, it'll, it, it, it leads you to uh, epiphanies of, of how you can do better. And, and then you do it. No one's telling you. You're doing it yourself. You're discovering it yourself. Fantastic. Well, thank you again. I want to thank both our guests. That's Ashima Kaneep and Brian Kaneep for that superb guided contemplation there that he shared with us. And let's use that practice. And you can, you can come back to this and use it again and follow it again uh, because I know it's going to help you if you do. Now, we'll have to uh, get going with our further questions, I think, Darren, because I think you've got a few more for us. So, Darren, welcome back. Sure. Thanks very much. I just thought I'd say, just while I've got the mic here again, that uh, if you are enjoying the show, we'd love you to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app, whatever one that is, to help us get the word out about the show and these teachings. And I thought I'd just sneak in before my first comment here, Richard, just say that story, uh, Shima, you told really resonated with me too. I think ultimately, you know, I had to make that decision as well. And it was the opportunity of global service, global impact. You know, as you've talked about, Richard, that was yeah. that was the real, um, like, clincher for me that's what i felt deep down you know doing the kind of thing that brian was talking about but that's what i really wanted that's yes it seems like a common thing that people find this path they can see it's greater it may not be initially what they want but what i can say is that if you do it you're going to be so glad based on my own experience and you're thinking why was i even questioning it later on but at first Mm. it can be a difficult choice yeah Mm. We often get questions like this next one I've got here, which I think is uh, also in tune with the show today. Um, probably the one, maybe the one, one of the most important ways that we can apply our discrimination. And this person says, um, I've been always cautious regarding gurus. I've met a few and I've mixed feelings. I'm following one at the moment and I'm not 100% sure. I thought maybe you could offer to this questioner some help um, in terms of how she might choose, make such a choice, you know, what yeah, to apply. Um- you know, speaking of Dr. George King, uh, we're extremely fortunate because he was an impeccable uh, example. I mean, he never said he was an impeccable example, but I mean, I think Brian will bear me out and anyone who, who followed him closely will bear me out. He he practiced exactly what he preached. He asked people to, to work hard, and but he worked hard himself. The other thing I would say is, though, and you, you'll know this, Darren, and Ashima will know this too, you don't have to have physically met mm-hmm. a guru or be in their company for them to be your guru or even your personal master. Um, you know, look at those who are some of the great disciples through the centuries of Jesus. You, you know, they may not have called themselves disciples, and some of them women uh, who were great saints or what have you, who were totally committed and devoted and definitely had some kind of connection with the Master Jesus. And you could mean the Lord Buddha and many, many other masters. And the same is definitely true of Dr. George King. So while um, I'm not saying you should leave any particular guru to this questioner, uh, it's entirely your choice, don't feel that you have to have a living guru in order to follow a path. What I would suggest you do is examine the various uh, options, see which teacher you believe gives the most important teachings. And how do you judge that? How can I best serve the world as a whole? It's actually very simple. And when you come to the, your, the conclusion on that point, then 
follow the path of that teacher and that teacher or master if they are a genuine master uh, because there are many gurus who aren't genuine masters people who call themselves gurus aren't necessarily masters um, but if you choose well and stand fast then you'll know god and if you make that right choice from the beginning it doesn't have to be a living person physically living dr king's very much a living person i'm sure you'll bear that out darren you haven't physically mm. met him as far as i know completely uh, in any way because you were born well after uh, too too late to meet him in this life but you have that connection with him so that would be my advice there yeah, wonderful. I thought I'd just finish with this last comment here, um, which I think is someone who's started to answer this, that question for themselves, actually, they, um, which really impressed me. They're talking here about, if we, you know, since we're talking here about choosing well, and they write, when I started studying different religions and paths, I told my friends that I'm not studying for knowledge merely, but for real truth. Whenever and whenever in which religion I will find it, then hesitation comes not to me. I'll accept that religion immediately. I thought that was quite oh, an exemplary wow. type of approach. That's yeah. exactly, if you do that, you're doing really, really, really well. Yeah. And, you know, it's a point Dr. King actually used to make, and, and also various yoga teachers and yoga masters and so on have made. There's a vast difference between knowledge and wisdom. Mm. Um, you know, you can have people actually who aren't even really good uh, people who have tremendous knowledge. Um, so knowledge, yes, it's useful, it's necessary, and, it, and you'll need it on the path, and you'll need, as I said earlier, your intel, intel, intelligence. Don't think it's wrong to have a good intellect. It's a very valuable thing, and the more advanced path you have, the more useful it will be. You'll need even more than that, your intuition, you'll need your devotion, you need all those, those qualities. Uh, but um, no, it, knowledge of itself isn't the thing truth is though and that's what this person is really saying when you mm -hmm. find the real truth and the wisdom behind it yeah if you stick to that you really won't go wrong and this is why we are really focusing in this program on the nine freedoms so is that our quota there darren of, of comments that's it today well i'd like to thank you very much darren for all that you've done and i'd like to just remind everyone of the main theme of today taken from the fourth freedom which is enlightenment and do bear in mind as i said earlier the first four freedoms are kind of in terms of their order it seems quite interchangeable and that's a point that saint guling made at the beginning of the first freedom in introducing it that they're not necessarily given in order of importance because the greater your enlightenment the greater your bravery the greater your love and above all the greater your service the greater service you can give uh, which is the garden or the flower in the garden of enlightenment i think that's a quote from the fourth freedom as well i would just like to end this uh, spiritual freedom show with the words with which we always end the spiritual freedom show and those words i'm sure you know them all by now this can be your slogan it's it's the it's actually the the slogan that's used often in the Ethereum Society as well, and that is that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment.